We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you sweet soul. I'm so excited to be connecting with you here for a little while today on Empower Radio. Ah, yes, love. I believe it's the animating force of the universe and what makes the world go round. And who doesn't want a great relationship with their own happily ever after? I don't think most of us are humans are designed to be alone. We are social creatures. But finding love and that perfect fit can be challenging. Finding someone who you're attracted to might be kind of easy. Finding someone you're compatible with, not so easy. Someone you can communicate clearly with now, this is definitely getting tougher. Finding somebody you can live happily ever after with, well, this can seem almost impossible. That is why I do this show, so that I can connect with awesome teachers and experts and give my friends and listeners information and tools so that you can attract and maintain more fulfilling and positive partnerships and a happy, healthy life. Today, I'm thrilled to have someone with us who's really wise and wonderful. He's an amazing relationship expert who's also someone who deeply understands communication between the genders. He's interviewed me on his show, and now I get to turn the tables and interview him. We are here with the wise and wonderful Ken Bechtel. He is the host of Speaking of Partnership podcast, where he interviews experts from all walks of life about their trip-ups, triumphs, lessons, and learnings in the arena of relationships. For over 15 years, Ken has shared insights and wisdom as a speaker and educator to help women and men understand and appreciate each other so they can develop deep connections and satisfying lifelong relationships. So Ken, thank you so much for saying yes to a second show of Journey to Center. Oh, you're very welcome. It's great to be back. Yes, it's always wonderful to connect with you. We did a couple of shows a while back, and they got lost in the ethers and sizzled when our motherboard <laughs> went went south. But I'm, I'm so happy you were so um, gracious to say yes to more time with me. Yeah, my pleasure. So, so happy. So I'm really excited about delving into this topic, about the difference between the genders and the way they communicate. I know it can be really challenging because they are different. And you articulate this in a way that I think makes it all very, very comprehensive. So um, let's just start there, if that's something you want to uh, address and explain to us. Well, I, I, really the biggest thing is, I mean, if, if you can just get past the idea that we need to be like each other. And one of the things that we oftentimes do is if we're looking for a partnership, and it doesn't have to be a romantic partnership. It can be any type of partnership. We often say this or we hear people say, you know, I'm looking for somebody that's like my best friend. The challenge is typically for most people, not always, but for most people, their best friend is the same gender. And so they're wanting now somebody of the opposite sex to be like this enhanced version of their gender, which oh, isn't very yes. likely. So we're, we're setting these false expectations of what it can be. And what happens is we have very narrow ideas of what, like, for example, what open communication looks like. Because it needs to look like me and my girlfriends, for example, when 
chances of a guy expressing himself the way you and your girlfriends do are very thin. And so it's easy to go, well, then you're not very open. Well, no, it's just different. It's not, it's not broken. It's just we, we operate differently. So as soon as we can start there and go, okay, I get it. I'm not, my expectations are not going to be you're going to be exactly like me. Then we have some room to actually see, well, what do they do? What, what do they need? How do they operate? And how do I operate? Because a lot of what we learn from the process of learning about our partner is, oh, yeah, because I do it this way. Oh, now I understand myself better as well. So it's actually a very enlightening process for ourselves to learn about the opposite sex. Yeah, I love that. You say by understanding and appreciating the opposite sex, we can feel safe, confident, and understood. Whether these relationships are friends or family, romantic, or professional. And I, I know that this is really, really true. Um, and, and I'd like your input on this. I know for me, as a woman... I like to talk about my feelings. <laughs> I like to delve into the deep end of the pool about emotions, and I love to be introspective. And, and I find that a lot of times, you know, that's not the conversation my husband wants to have. That's, that's where I go to my girlfriends. It's like, let's really get into this, you know. So um, I've also heard it said that it's not great to, to, you know, if you're going on a few first dates, to ask a man, well, what do you feel about this? What are your thoughts about feelings? Well, you can ask that, but again, don't expect him to respond the way your girlfriends would. <laughs> because the masculine doesn't store his feelings on the surface like the feminine does. The feminine is driven, The my belief is the biggest force in the feminine nature is connection. Yes. Because connection creates safety. Now, the masculine doesn't have that same desire for connection. We just don't. And partly because we have a different relationship to feeling safe. So, if we're not being driven by this idea we have to connect, well then, that's partly why you'll notice men don't have a problem with pauses between conversation. That's not uncomfortable to them. But for the feminine, oftentimes it feels like, oh my gosh, what happened? Did the con connection just get severed? We need to reconnect. We need to say something. If you don't respond, you're ignoring me, which means we have no connection. Oh, this is great. But the reality is he just doesn't have that driving force in his life the way that the feminine does. So when you can go, oh, okay, when I ask you, how do you feel about something? Well, that doesn't mean you go, oh, blah, 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 and have an answer right away. Because men keep their feelings in different places. Women keep their feelings on the surface. Yes. They're like right in your pockets. Oh, let me grab that for you. Boom, boom, boom. And you, you put them out there. That's the true. masculine, the warrior nature of the masculine keeps them in a safe space. And it's so that those feelings, he has to know that he can trust you not to use those against him. Because mm. if you think about... And it's, it's so funny because it, we see these things all the time on TV. Like if you watch any type of uh, like thriller adventure movie where there's a hero and the villain, the villain always goes for the thing that the hero has feelings about. They attack their family, they attack their girlfriend, whatever it is. So the masculine, that warrior nature knows, well, I don't, I don't put those out there lightly because it's not a safe mechanism. And this stuff doesn't mean that we're sitting here being at war in present time. 
it's instinctual. It was developed, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago when that was the culture we lived in. But that doesn't mean that that's gone out of our DNA. It's still there. Mm -hmm. So these drivers make us operate very differently. Now, part of the reason for the connection with the feminine is if you think back to, you know, way, way back, like when we're hunters and gatherers. So there's all these wild animals. And one of the ways, anybody that goes hiking regularly knows this, one of the ways to make sure you don't, you know, surprise an animal is to make noise. So if you're really out in the woods, they tell you to take a bear bell because that bell just tingling along on your on your pack or on your jacket will let a bear or anything else out there not be surprised by you. And so that continual communication created safety. So when there's a pause in the conversation, even though it makes no sense, you're sitting in a beautiful restaurant, there's not a bear coming out of the you know back room, <laughs> your instinct still goes, oh, what just happened? And we get uncomfortable. But that's not how the masculine communicates. Because the masculine as a hunter learned how to communicate non-verbally. If they made noise, they scared off the animal they were pursuing. So they're hardwired not to have continual communication. And the feminine is hardwired to, if you don't have it, it's not safe. That's fascinating. You know, I've been doing this work a long time, but I've never heard it um, articulated quite like that. I mean, there are times I'll speak to my husband and I'm looking at him and he's like, does that require a response? I'm like, well, I just spoke to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's very interesting. That's very helpful. And it's, it's not even, you know, necessarily conscious. It's, it's very right. based instincts. Yeah, I hear that. That's very helpful. I like and, that. And, and something to remember is because it's not their choosing to do that, that means they're not ignoring you. They're not not listening to you. They're, that's not even part of the equation. So it's not a personal thing. It's just how they're wired. So I don't have to say, hello, can you hear me? He does hear me. He just doesn't feel like he needs to respond because we're, we're connected whether we have that, that verbal uh, communication happening or not. Well, that actually depends, Tammy. <laughs> oh, tell me more. Tell me more. This is fascinating. <laughs> so, and remind me your husband's name? Steve. Steve. So, if Steve's focused on doing some task, he's going to screen out everything that isn't part of that task. So, if he's whatever, washing the car, he's not, you're going to, you know, yell out the door something at him. He's, he probably isn't going to hear it. Because it has nothing to do with him washing the car. Now, again, it's because as a masculine, when we, you know, develop these these natures as, as hunters, you know, millennium ago, you didn't like casually hunt a, you know, woolly mammoth. <laughs> you had to focus <laughs> on what you were doing. Right. One, because you don't want them to escape, and two, because your life's in danger. Mm. So we instinctively focus down on something. And I just saw this. Um, there was an interview on 60 Minutes. I don't know when. It was real recently with the, uh, the pilot from that plane that landed in the Hudson. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to it, you can hear how focused he was. And Katie Couric is the one doing the interview. And she's asking him these questions like, were you thinking about this? And he's like, no. I was landing a plane. Like, Not I thinking about anything. I had to solve. And that's literally the words he used. I had a problem I needed to solve. Nothing else mattered at that point. Right. Laser beam focus. Yes. So 
what happens is the masculine is hardwired to do that. The feminine is exactly the opposite. Yes. You're hardwired to take in everything at all times. That's true. You notice everything emotional, you know, physical, everything around you, whether you want to or not. It's just your nature. They've actually done studies on men and women's eyes. And the cones and rods in our eyes actually develop different. And it's why men can track fast-moving objects, like if they were a hunter or if they were watching a hockey game, they can track the puck. And the feminine has an amazing peripheral vision, much better than men do, hmm. because they're scanning everything at all times. What's out there? What do I need to watch out for? What do I need to pay attention to? What do I need to make note of? So... We're literally, I and mean, it's not just choice here. This is this is biological differences right. that if you're not aware of them, you'll be offended by them. Yeah, this is very they, helpful. They My husband's like, you get your feelings hurt. Yeah, he's like, you're you're so you're 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 disorganized. You're like a hummingbird. You fly around. When I clean the house, I do. I go around something will mm -hmm. catch my attention i go there and then i kind of spiral yeah. around and he's very like one thing at a time yeah. and um if he's like cleaning the kitchen i come in and start helping he's like you're not helping <laughs> you just get out of the mm -hmm. way i've got a system so he's like yep. this straight line and i'm like a spiral and we do kind of drive each other crazy a little bit with that yeah but that's the cool thing actually is as you have that awareness then there may be things come along and you're like that's for Tammy. <laughs> That's not a straight line task. That takes a right. whole bunch of things going on at once. Or, Steve, this is perfect. Can you apply your focus on this and get this done? Mm -hmm. So you can actually take advantage of what we know about how we're built. And I suppose this is probably true also um, in regards to being social, like I, as a female, seem to be more social, more concerned about the relationships, more concerned about, you know, the people in my neighborhood, and I want to create gatherings. Gatherings. He's okay with something about once a month, mm -hmm. and I'm more about, you know, I love these people. I want them to, you know, be part of our lives, and he's like, I really don't need that. Mm -hmm. So that's probably fairly typical, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it varies, because obviously we, we run both masculine and feminine energy, so... We can be anywhere on that spectrum. But one thing to be aware of is, and this goes back to a little bit of what we were talking about in, in the past show when you had me on, was about our needs. Mm -hmm. So he's aware that he doesn't need more than once a month. Right. And you're aware that you need more than that. So when you're in partnership, partnership doesn't happen accidentally. You have to choose it. And what happens in partnership is, it's not, well, let me put it this way. When we're operating from our instincts, like I need to have a lot of interaction, that's all about you. It's not about partnership. Our instincts have nothing to do with partnership. Our instincts are about self-preservation, taking care of me. So you have to actually choose to go, oh, well then, even though I think it would be great, Steve, if you did exactly what I did and you wanted to go see the neighbors every week, I also know that you don't need that, and in many ways, that might actually be a, a negative impact on you. So for the bigger equation of our partnership, how do we find a common ground? How do we find a way for this to work? And that's not one person becoming the other person. That's both of you honoring what each person needs. Right, respecting the differences. Absolutely, right. yeah. 
Okay, something I hear a lot from uh, women that I've worked with in regards to their relationships is that, you know, the men tend to communicate with very minimal words. Like sometimes they'll just get like one word answers from men. Mm -hmm. Do you hear this? What do we do about this? How can we get them to speak um, and maybe open up a little bit more? Yeah, no, that's that's super common. I'm glad you brought it up, Tammy. Because there's there's actually a very simple way to do it, but again, it's not natural. So it takes engagement. You have to focus on this. And it's what I call waiting for your nails to dry. So I've never had my nails painted, but ladies have told me that one of the most frustrating parts is having to wait for your nails to dry. Oh yeah. Because if you don't, they're gonna get snagged, they're gonna be ruined and you'll you know, have wasted all that time. So you're kind of like handcuffed, but you know that the result you want is worth the wait. So you do it. If you apply that same approach to getting men to open up, you will get the result you want. And the way it works is this. When you ask a man a question, give him space to answer. Because just like our feelings, men men want to stand behind what they say. And... So we have to go check and see if this balances and how, how do I respond? Because I'm not, I want to be able to stand behind whatever I respond. Mm-hmm. Well, the feminine, again, because you're used to immediate response. So you ask a question, hey, Steve, where do you want to go on vacation? And if he doesn't answer right away, most likely will happen is, well, I mean, we talked about going to New York and maybe L.A. again. And we could go to Seattle. So you like change it and, and try and help him because the poor guy obviously doesn't understand the question. <laughs> and then if he doesn't answer that promptly, which is what you're used to. Barrage him with more. You you maybe make it a, you know, either or, or you give him more refinement to it, thinking you're helping. But what you've actually done is confuse the issue. He doesn't know which question you want to answer. And he still needs the time to go check his information. So when you wait for your nails to dry, you ask the question, hey, Steve, where do you want to go on vacation? And you wait a minimum of 30 seconds before you say another word. Now, it might not take 30 seconds for him to respond. It might take longer. But what you're doing is giving him the room. I always imagine it as he has to go up in the attic and look through these boxes to find where he put that answer. And one of the phrases I'll, I'll hear a lot of times is, you know, a woman will ask a guy a question and he'll go, I don't know. And she'll jump right in like, what do you mean you don't know? Blah, 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 you know, whatever she follows up with. What women don't understand is when he's saying, I don't know, you cut off the second half of that statement. The, the state, full statement is, I don't know. Let me go check. Mm. But because that is not an OK answer because you want an immediate connection. You cut it off and you never know that he would be happy to go check. Now, here's the thing. Once you interject, he figures you don't care, so he doesn't go check. So he's done. Yeah, you just told him your answer isn't really that important. So it's literally giving them room to answer the questions. And there's some questions that could be more, you know, in-depth type of questions. Or it could even be that question about vacation. He may not answer you. For a couple of days. And all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about it. I'm thinking Miami would be fun. And you're like, what? And you're like, well, you asked about vacation on Saturday. And you're it's like, DJ. you were still thinking about that? And he's like, yeah. Because he needs to do that due diligence to know he can stand behind it. Now, what's fascinating is in our culture, you know, there's a stereotype of, you know, women have the prerogative to change their mind. 
for some reason, that courtesy is not extended to men. Which is why men don't just give a quick answer and then change it later. That's not okay. But for the feminine, because the connection is more important than the accuracy, that's where that whole thing came from. Okay, we'll just say this for now, and then later I'll change my mind, and that's okay because I have permission to do that. But there isn't that permission for men, so it's another reason why we've trained men, no, no, no. You give the answer that you can stand behind, or you don't give an answer. Interesting. Kind of makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like it. Something else that you say, hinting doesn't work with men. Yeah. You can't just <laughs> hint and expect them to get it. It works with my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> works with my girlfriends. Yeah. And you're right. And there's, there's a reason it does. Because as a fellow woman, they're going to have similar needs. Mm-hmm. So like we were talking about earlier about connection, the masculine doesn't have that deep desire for connection because we don't have the same relationship to safety. So how are we going to guess that that would make you feel safe? I had a woman once tell me that she would ask her husband to take out the trash when it was like overflowing. And he'd be like, yeah, I'll get it. And she's like, why didn't he jump up and do it right then? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And when she asked him, she said, I don't understand why you don't do that. He goes, well, I'll get it. You're still cooking, so the more stuff's going in there, so I'm waiting until you're done. And she goes, but I don't feel safe. You should have seen a look on his face. He's like, what? What does that have to do with? The trash can make you not feel safe. It doesn't have to make (laughs) sense. If your feelings are unarguable, nobody can say, well, you can't possibly not feel safe. I mean, you can make that argument, but it's irrational. Everybody has the right to their feelings. So if she doesn't feel safe, well, that's a totally different thing. But he would have never guessed that by saying, can you take out the trash? He had no idea she was feeling literally unsafe in her own kitchen because of it. So when you try and hint like that and assume that they know what that means for you, it's terrible. I always say if, if you make a man guess, everybody loses. Mm. Because <laughs> he's going to guess wrong, which means you're not going to get what you want. And then my feelings are going to be hurt, and it's mm-hmm. all and downhill he, from there. He doesn't understand me, and he doesn't do this. And it's like, well, no, he doesn't. You're right. How's he going to understand you if you don't tell him what he needs to know? And you ask guys, and they're always like, would they just ask for what they need? Just be clear. Be a little more clear and direct. Yeah, and it's it's part of the romantic idea. Oh, it'd be lovely if they understood us on that level. And so it's all been put out there that men are we're supposed to just automatically get this. That's how we know we're connected. But the reality is, when we have that expectation, it drives us so strongly that if a man just, he accidentally guesses right, the typical response is, oh my gosh, see, I knew he could do it. Now I know I can expect this from now on. <laughs> So we turn the exception into the rule because we think that means there's some special connection there. Right. When we're the soulmates. We're connected. He can read my mind. Mm-hmm. Being in partnership enough to let him know what you need so he can provide it because he would love to provide it. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. We love to. We're, hello. We all know the men are what? Providers and protectors. Yeah, so when you want to know what he provides, he's yesterday. like, oh, thank yes. you. Now I can do that for you. You set him up thank to win, which yeah, means you win. Good. I love that. Yeah. It's taken me a while to figure some of this stuff out. And I've learned even more on the show today with you, Ken. This is fantastic. Thank you. So one thing I want to get into, we don't have a lot of time left, but something you do, I think it's on Fridays, 
follow your yes Friday. What is this? What is following our yes? How can we identify our yes? What is this? Well, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So on the, the podcast, I have a show called Follow Your Yes Friday. It's actually every other Friday. And what I do is I ask our guests, what's a time when you follow that internal guidance? Whatever you're, you call that, your gut feeling, your instinct, your, your, your intuition. Because what that is, is divine guidance. It's the universe saying, here's your next step. So when you can pay attention to that. Now, here's the trick. The universe doesn't give you anything more than that one step. It doesn't say, and here's all the other pieces that are going to go with it and the end result. So it's a factor of trust. You have to just go, I don't know, my gut said, don't date this guy anymore, even though he seems like the perfect guy. Or go talk to that guy. Or whatever it happens to be, right? It could be as simple as order that sandwich, even though I never had that kind of sandwich in my life. When you trust that, as you take that step, then the next step gets revealed. So it takes practice, and I always encourage people practice with like easy stuff, like what to order on a menu, and just see what shows up. And you start playing with it. But that yes is your, your internal guidance system. And when you listen to the show, you will hear all these people talk about how what a train wreck it was when they didn't pay attention to it and the amazing gifts that came to them when they did. So it's the best way to get some experience of, of how it works in people's lives and it'll remind you of how it works in yours. That's fantastic. You know, I say all the time, we manifest what we're willing to settle for. So mm-hmm. if we keep the space available for the resounding yes, it can come forward. But if we're always settling, then it can make us feel like we're not worthy of what we really want. Exactly. We have to have that space. We have to create that space. So I love, love, love what you're about, what you teach, what you bring forward in your conversations with your experts and just your energy. You're just well, awesome, thank you. Ken. Thank you, Tammy. <laughs> so honored to be here with you. Um, where can people get a hold of you? How can they connect with you? Um, get more information, listen to your podcast, maybe even work with you. Speakingofpartnership.com is the home for all of that. You can listen to the podcast. You can click on the tab to, to contact me and work with me. Uh, there's also a, a webinar that I do on a regular basis called How to Stop Chasing Maybes and Find Your Mr. Right. And that's a free event that you can sign up for there as well. Fantastic. Really great stuff. So, so honored to be connecting with you again, Ken. And thank you for sharing your heart and your wisdom. I've learned a lot. (laughs) To my listeners, thank you for hanging out with us. It's not as much fun without you. Yeah, I love Ken, but if you're not here with us, it's not quite as fun. We want to celebrate. We need you. Be in touch with us. (laughs) Get a hold of us. Facebook, um, email, website. This is all about connection relationship. Let's ascend together, go higher and higher. God bless you. Onward and upward. Peace. For now. Peace out. (laughs) 